Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Greetings, everybody. This is Red Cup, well, Podcast Rebellion, not Red Cup Rebellion, although affiliated with RedCupRebellion.com, which is a blog you should visit. Uh, but this is Juco All-American, uh, joined by Whiskey Wednesday, and we are talking Transfer Portal. As always, before that, we're going to talk drinks. Um, last night, so I, I went to New Orleans for the holidays and, uh, you know, had a, a good number of interesting drinks and that sort of stuff. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. Last night, I just got a hankering. I decided yesterday that I was going to pick up all the stuff I needed to make uh, Vucare at home, um, which is a rye whiskey cocktail with Benedictine, cognac, bitters, and uh, that may be it. Is that it? Oh, and sweet vermouth. That's right. And yeah, it turns out still really great. Uh, I, I haven't had a Vucare in, in several years. I remember them being really good, but yeah, they're like, when I think about a cocktail that's really balanced to me, it's, it's way up there. Nice. Yeah. I wish I had better, uh, a better thing to report on the, the drinking front. Um, so my wife and I went to the mountains with a couple of friend couples of ours, uh, and, one of my buddies who went with us, uh, what he always likes to do when we do like friend gatherings is shotgun beers. Uh, and again, we are in our mid to late thirties. Um, and I, I usually try to hang and I think about three shotguns into the weekend, uh, my stomach just revolted against, uh, all the, the carbon dioxide that was in my guts that wasn't supposed to be. Uh, and that kind of took me out of, con- uh, out of commission drinking wise for a few days. I felt terrible. Uh, so if you consider shotgunning a bunch of beers to try to hang with your, your friends, uh, don't is, is my, <laughs> my recommendation. Yeah. I, um, I saw a TikTok the other day of a guy who totally messes up shotgunning the beer. He, uh, he stabs it in the bottom to open it up. And then just while holding it, he opens up the top and tries to drink it like a normal beer. <laughs> and the beer just goes everywhere, of course. And yeah, he Almost. does not understand. Uh, but yeah, I am, I am past the shotgunning beer time. Um, and, you know, like a fancy cocktail. I like beer too, but uh, not consuming it in like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So Ole Miss has been sort of busy in the portal, sort of not busy in the portal, uh, so far. And, um, we're just going to kind of run through position groupings that they've been targeting or need to be targeting and talk about those. So, uh, the, the great position news to start with is receiver on, uh, two podcasts ago, we sort of out, we did a draft of, our top uh, portal targets. And the first two picks in that draft were Trey Harris and Chris Marshall, who are both Chris, Chris Marshall, who are both receivers. Trey Harris comes from Louisiana tech. Chris Marshall comes from A&M. Both look very different. Trey Harris is a proven guy who was not as regarded out of high school. Uh, he has two years remaining and Chris Marshall has 
I guess three years remaining, uh, but was a five star out of high school. Our number one and number two picks of that draft have committed to Ole Miss. So both of those guys come over to Ole Miss. Huge, huge pickups change the ability of the offense to make plays next year. Absolutely. I mean, that's about as well as Lane Kiffin could have done. Uh, I think I and other people were bummed. We missed out on Rara Thomas, uh, wide receiver transfer from Mississippi state who ended up committing to Georgia, but this situation is much better overall. I think both of those guys have a much higher ceiling than does Thomas. Um, and yeah, now if we want to, we can just be settled at the wide receiver position for next year. Uh, they may pursue a third guy out of the portal, but they certainly don't have to. Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade either of those two for Rara Thomas. And he, he wasn't again, like he actually wasn't picked in our eight person, uh, transfer portal draft that we did. Um, I think he's fine, but I, I'm not losing sleep over that. Um, yeah, that actually begs the an interesting question, which is, does Ole Miss need to take another receiver? My opinion is kind of no at this point. Uh, because I think they, I don't know. I sort of think they owe Aiden Williams a shot to come and contribute as a freshman. And I think adding three guys who are going to come in and, and take, you know, a ton of snaps uh, kind of robs him of that opportunity and, and puts you in a position where your second best true freshman might be considering hopping in the portal. Cause he never really got a shot. Um, yeah. Also it's not as if, Ole Miss had nothing at receiver coming back. Right. In fact, one scenario that could very well happen is Jalen Robinson, who missed almost the entire season, uh, comes back with a vengeance and is very good uh, as a slot receiver, which is something Ole Miss needs really badly. Um, and also Dayton Wade and uh, Jordan Watkins have an extra year of experience uh, working with Jackson Dart, you got to think those guys still deserve some snaps too. Um, and then they have, you know, they have other guys too. They're just, you know, they have a lot of options. Um, just not like that top level talent that, that Trey Harris and Chris Marshall provide uh, and potentially Aiden Williams provides as well. But, but yeah, I think they're, they should be square at receiver. Yeah. I think that, if what you add to the receiver room is Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, and Aiden Williams, that's an awesome offseason. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so quarterback, much less settled. Uh, obviously, again, not the dire need of we have to find a starter, but um, definitely have to find a, a backup in the portal. So there have been a lot of names. Spencer Sanders... I think there's a 0% chance that Spencer Sanders uh, comes to Ole Miss. What are your thoughts there? He's the Oklahoma State quarterback, by the way. Right, right. No, I think that's that's a bad idea for literally everyone involved in the process. Uh, <laughs> so he's been very productive, but he is kind of a turnover machine, um, which I think Lane Kiffin, that would drive him crazy. Um, I think it creates 
a quarterback battle where one does not need to be because Jackson Dart has an incredibly high ceiling for next year. Um, I think it's, it's bad for Sanders, um, you know, because there's a lot of places where he would walk in as a starter. Uh, and I think it's a, a, would be a bad use of NIL funds, uh, which we badly need to allocate for, you know, some defensive players and other spots. So I just think it's, it would be terrible, <laughs> a terrible decision for everybody if you were to come here. Yeah. I mean, he makes no sense unless he has said to the coaches, I want to come to Ole Miss to be a backup. I want to learn from you and, uh, you know, I'm not expecting some sort of NIL of a starter, a starting quarterback kind of thing or something like that. You know, that yeah. is, that is in my opinion, literally the only time that it ever makes any sense. But I, I also know that I, and I think also you are higher on dart than some people are. Yeah. It, it's the craziest thing to me when I read people on message boards and, you know, it is mostly limited to message boards. So you have to take it with a grain of salt, but people saying like Jackson Dart, I don't know who's the answer yet. He is, he is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. His ceiling is incredibly high. He's better than Matt Corral was, uh, in 2019, uh, which is, I think the fairest year to compare them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think he did not have the supporting cast, especially regarding offensive line that he needed uh, to be successful this year. Um, and I, I think that was just painfully obvious watching him play that he had all the talent, all the guts that you need to be really successful. Um, yeah, I think you build the team around him and Quinshawn Judkins almost equally, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, past Spencer Sanders, um, Ole Miss is getting visits from Mike Wright and Brady Allen. Mike Wright, for the for those of you who remember, is uh, the redshirt freshman. No, sorry. Uh, he will be a junior, or I guess he'll technically be a senior um, this next season, but he has an extra year because of COVID. Um, comes from Vanderbilt. Uh Ran for started the year, actually both last year and this year as Vanderbilt's starting quarterback. Um, lost the job this year to AJ Swan, uh, who was a really good freshman quarterback for Vanderbilt. Uh, although he did, Mike Wright came back in at times and still you know played a decent amount for Vanderbilt even once he had lost the overall starting quarterback job. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, 71 carries this year for 517 yards, which is 7.3 yards per carry. Um, and of course, like quarterback yards per carry are a weird thing because quarterbacks get the benefit of when they're holding the ball, there's still the option that it could be thrown. And so, you know, people still have to like stay on their assignments, whereas like if Quinshawn Judkins is on an outside run, then like everybody's just going to, you know, collapse to him. Uh, so their, their yards per carry are often inflated. Although to counterbalance that sacks count against their yards per carry. Um, and I don't think that was a problem for, for Vanderbilt. He, he evaded a lot of sacks this year. Yeah. I think Wright is a really ideal 
option for Ole Miss. Um, you never know what he wants, if he would prefer to be a starter for a lesser team or if he would prefer to be a backup for a team that has a chance to, or at least a chance to win big. Um, but I think he just, he really checks off a lot of boxes and it's really encouraging that he's coming in for a visit. Um, and I think what he offers versus what the other main quarterback contender offers uh, creates a really interesting kind of debate. And it'll be really interesting to see uh, which which one of those two, hopefully one of the two comes to Ole Miss. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, I guess I've already hinted at it, but, but Ole Miss does bring in a second quarterback visitor this weekend. Um, in Brady Allen, uh, a transfer from Purdue, who this year was a true freshman. So Allen preserved his red shirt. Uh, he'll come with four years of eligibility. So it's basically like signing someone out of high school, um, except he's been in a college program for a year. Um, also, he probably has a higher ceiling than, than does Wright. Uh, he was rated pretty high out of high school, just outside the top 100 players nationally. Super tall guy, 6'5"-ish, um, big arm, not super mobile. Um, so you see, like, they, they offer kind of <laughs> opposite things, almost, in terms of uh, their, their style, their experience, their ceiling, how much eligibility they have left. Um, and they're both going to be on campus this weekend. So it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. I mean, Brady Allen, I mean, both of them, it's a weird sell because Brady Allen is leaving. He didn't win the job at Purdue. Uh, that, that doesn't mean he's bad. I'm not saying that. Um, but then he's coming into a place where he will definitely not win the job immediately. But I guess he's just banking on sticking around and then having a pretty good shot at the job once Dart leaves. Mike Wright, on the other hand, I mean, Dart could be here during his entire eligibility. So, yeah, that one he would have to be coming in as a backup. Maybe they're doing some sort of like, we, we promise you a package uh, that, you know, we build around you and Quinshawn Judkins together uh, in certain situations or something like that. Although those packages always frustrate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Ole Miss needs to try something different in the red zone. And maybe that's something that could work, you know? Yeah, it would be really strange if, like, over and over again, uh, you know, we see Jackson Dart lead the team down the field, and then once we get to, like, the 15-yard line, like, Mike Wright comes in and throws a touchdown pass. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so, offensive line. You know, we, we've talked about how Ole Miss really needs to improve its offensive line. Uh, Jackson Dart masked the problems there in terms of sacks overall uh but you know we just saw no time for plays to develop um there have been a couple of transfer portal na names linked um to to Ole Miss uh but 
I don't know. There, there hasn't been, and I guess this makes sense based on that position and how valuable it is. Like there has not been a superstar offensive tackle enter the, the portal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really going to be hard to find all the solutions to the offensive lines issues in, in the transfer portal. And I don't think they need to. I think there is probably enough talent on the Ole Miss offensive line room to form a decent unit. They they just haven't figured it out. Um, but there are a couple options. So um, one high school option, um, a kind of late bloomer or late riser, uh, Chimdi Ono. He's from what Maryland, I think. Let's see. Yeah, he's a prospect out of Maryland. Went from wasn't on any database to was like a, a kind of lower four star, um, pretty pretty quickly, and has been offered by like Penn State, Rutgers, a um, couple other you know decent programs up in the Northeast. But um, Ole Miss, I think, gets his last visit uh, before the late signing period. So. That's an option, but not somebody that's going to help next year. Um, there's Central Florida center uh, Matt Lee, somebody who recently popped on the radar. Um, I don't think he's set up a visit yet, but there, there's you know some connection to, to Ole Miss there, I think. Um, and then Alabama offensive lineman. I, I can't remember if he plays tackle or guard or some of both, but Damian George. Um He's a guy, again, he's been in the portal for a while, but doesn't seem to be visiting, doing visits and stuff. But last year, it was expected that he was going to jump in the portal and transfer to Ole Miss. So there's definitely some kind of connection there. I don't know if Ole Miss has kind of moved on from from wanting him or if he's just kind of sitting tight and is going to go to Ole Miss or what. I have to wonder, like a guy like that. So Jake Thornton, had been at Alabama as an analyst, right? Or something like that. A graduate assistant or something like that was hired by Ole Miss. Maybe that was a connection to Damian George. And then, you know, now that Jake Thornton is no longer the offensive line coach, maybe that is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly could be, um, make a lot of sense. Um, and John Garrison, the, the new offensive line coach at Ole Miss, probably has his own set of connections and right. you know, preferences and stuff like that. But but yeah, probably got to figure out something. I think bringing in a center uh, definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, allows Caleb Warren to swing back out and compete at guard, where I think he might have been a little better. Um yeah, bringing in a center also probably, I mean, somebody who's actually a, you know, that's their their craft, also probably makes a good bit of a difference in terms of, like, assignments and things like that, since centers so often are, you know, calling those things. And maybe Caleb Warren's great at that, I, I don't know, I just know that there was a lot of, like, missed assignments um, this, this past year. So, um, yeah, I guess there's, there is a world where some of the freshmen from last year who didn't play but developed, you know, took time. They were all... So Ole Miss basically signed uh, a bunch of 
projects last year, um, but all of whom were, you know, had the frames that they needed to eventually, you know, have potential to, to impact the team and all that sort of stuff. I guess there's some potential there that one to two of those guys have developed in some capacity and, you know, could, could make a difference without Ole Miss having to dip into the portal, but it's not a, um, a chance I would really like to take. Yeah. Yeah. You more want those guys to be guys that start rotating in, not, not starters that you need to perform well, you know? Uh, Yeah. But hopefully just coaching fixes a lot of that coaching and an additional year of experience for, for two redshirt freshman offensive tackles who were not intended as starters really until, you know, end of the season. Um, so I think maybe giving them an entire off season expecting, um, Jaden Williams and Micah Pettis, uh, to be starters will, will be helpful for them and their development. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's actually move on to tight end. Uh, there is one known name, and in my opinion, I, this is the only person I've heard who's still on the board who's been linked to Ole Miss. That's Caden Prescorn from uh, Memphis, actually, the, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, he's, he's visiting Ole Miss. And he is 6'6", 255. Uh, he has, I guess two more years of eligibility remaining because of COVID. So in 2020, he had three catches. In 2021, he had four catches. And then this year in 2022, he had 48 catches for 602 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. Yeah, cool, cool story. Um, he was a quarterback prospect from Michigan. Um encountered some kind of injury that sort of derailed his, you know, ability to, you know, be recruited, I guess, as a senior or kind of, you know, threw him off track. And so he walks on at Memphis as a tight end. Um, and, you know, was not six foot six and 255 pounds at the time. Yeah. To really yeah. rework his body and learn a new position. And yeah, just crushed it this year. Um, it's hard to find highlights of him. I found a few catches. He, lo- he looks pretty good. I mean, I think he'd be a great pickup. Um, I mean, he I, just needs to be consistent. Like, it, it's not like it has to be Evan Ingram or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, he needs to be and, someone who can offer something in the passing game but can also block. Yeah. Yeah. The bar, even for being consistent at the tight end position for Ole Miss is very low right now. It involves mm-hmm. uh, knowing whether or not you're supposed to line up on the line of scrimmage, for example. Uh, <laughs> or should you just let this guy run right past you? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's visiting, and it's kind of late in in the process for him to take a bunch more visits. So maybe Ole Miss just throws him a, a decent offer, and you know we just lock it down after the weekend. Yeah, so this weekend is the penultimate weekend for um, for transfer portal visits before the first window closes on the 18th. Um, so yeah, I mean, not that every weekend, every visit has to happen on the weekend or anything like that, but it certainly signifies some interest there. 
Uh, okay, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. I think there are huge needs on this side that are not really addressed at the moment. Um, like barely anybody's even visiting on that side of the ball, uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about defensive lines. So Ole Miss already has Joshua Harris from NC State, the defensive tackle. Um, a couple of other interesting names, although like not necessarily linked as much to Ole Miss, uh, are Byron Vaughns from Utah State. Um, and what's his name? Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, who is not related to Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, if anyone is still asking that question. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a very common last name. Uh, and yeah, uh, neither of those really though is like at, at the moment has been, you know, actively linked in any way to, to Ole Miss. Uh, I will say that, uh, Byron Vaughn's as much as this matters, and this is like, you know, one of the only ways we know to look, uh, is followed by Chris Partridge on Twitter. So there's that, I guess. Um, what's your thought? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's a big head scratcher. Why there aren't more known targets on the defensive side of the ball right now, because the offense as frustrating as they were, at times last year, it's pretty damn good. And the defense was not pretty damn good uh, at all, <laughs> especially yeah, as the I mean, four down. They were terrible. To, uh, yeah, total total yards are dumb for offense, but they were in the top 10 in total yards. Like, obviously, you have to convert. The red zone is what it is. I, I get it. I'm not saying the offense did well, but it's not like the offense did nothing. And the defense at times did nothing. Yeah, yeah torn apart by Arkansas, torn apart by LSU, torn apart at times by Texas Tech in the bowl game. Just bad, bad end of the year. You know, made yeah. made an AM offense that had been terrible all year look good at times. You know, just yeah. Uh so yeah, we you mentioned Byron Vaughn's from Utah State. Utah State. Uh, you mentioned um Javante Jean Baptiste, he is from Ohio State and super, you know, highly recruited out of high school. He is a little bit older, maybe like a, a junior ish this year with two years remaining or something like that. Um, hasn't had big stats. And so Juke and I have kind of talked about this back and forth how there's kind of a couple approaches you can take with portal players. You can go with guys coming from smaller programs who have been really productive. Or you can go with guys from bigger programs who have not had a chance. Uh, he falls into the kind of that that latter um, category. But this year, even though he only had 19 tackles, he did have four sacks, which is you know pretty decent. And he has you know great size, presumably great athleticism to be in the rotation for Ohio State, who you know was in the playoff. Um, so he at least gives you an option for for some upside uh, athletically, um, but yeah, yeah. There need to be more guys like on campus. <laughs> yeah, and then you know the the thing about John Baptiste and Vaughn's both. John Baptiste is two fifty two hundred fifty pounds, which you know is is not bad. But Byron Vaughn's is two twenty listed at two twenty five, 
And in the current three two, what is it called? The three two six, isn't that what we run? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, having a two hundred twenty five pound defensive end would just not work. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. He out of high school, he was a linebacker. Uh, the reason we're even talking about him at Utah State this past year, he had fifty six tackles um, as a defensive end. So you know he was very productive if not in a huge playmaking fashion i mean he had i think two sacks uh but you know having just somebody there who can get to the running back and tackle them is is fine and helpful at this point um but yeah i I guess i wonder like how does he make sense in our defense maybe he doesn't or maybe what so many people want is uh of having a fourth down lineman is is coming to fruition or something yeah, yeah, could be. Um, there are, you know, the bright, the good news uh, regarding defensive prospects is there are still guys jumping in the portal who are big names. Uh, two recently who who jumped in so recently that we really don't even know what they're, who they're interested in. Uh, Anthony Lucas for Texas A&M. He was one of the guys who was suspended along with Chris Marshall uh, but he was actually allowed back on the team and it was expected that he would stay. Um, and as a true freshman, he was a pretty heavy rotational guy for AM. and um, Good, good size for that, that, you know, three for that, you know, defensive end and a three down lineman formation. I think he's like 290 pounds or something like that. Uh, and I also think that he's now like the number one rated uh, edge player, uh, according to on three in, in the transfer transfer portal. Uh, so he's going to be pursued by everybody. Um, and then Jordan Birch from South Carolina, who has had sort of a slow career so far, but I think was the number like he was in the top 20 or so overall players in the 2020 class. Um, and had a really strong close to this year, I think, um, and is also going to be pursued by everybody. Um, so, you know, does Ole Miss have the connections, the NIL funds left uh, to go after some big fish like that? Like we, again, don't know, um, but we'll hopefully see some some movement on a guy like that sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, one other player, uh, as long as we're mentioning players who are in no way linked to Ole Miss, uh, which I think is reasonable since there are so there's nobody linked to Ole Miss, basically, on, on defensive line, uh, that I think is interesting is uh, a defensive end from Wyoming whose name is Oluwashaye Omotosho. Uh, and I think that's actually how I pronounce it. I, I looked, I watched YouTube videos about the pronunciation of his name. <laughs> Uh, but he is, so he redshirted last year in 2021, still played, I think in a few games, but, uh, preserved his red shirt. And then this year as a redshirt freshman in 2022, he started at defensive end at Wyoming, 46 tackles, six and a half sacks, um, and has entered the portal now, uh, apparently like Virginia tech and app state are on him. Um, get him (laughs) like I I recognize I recognize there's some risk 
in taking a freshman uh, because it's not like he had 80 tackles and 15 sacks at Wyoming. Uh, and, you know, you, you take a, a freshman, then you have to keep him for three years uh, because scholarships are, you know, are guaranteed. Um, and so maybe there is some reticence or hesitance to to do that. Uh, but I don't know. Like he is he is six two two fifty. I think you probably should try to get him. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, you, you want guys like that who are extremely productive as freshmen or redshirt freshmen. Um, yeah. So with linebacker, it's kind of the same deal. Uh, we have one commit from Jeremiah John Baptiste from Central Florida, who was, you know, defensive captain, solid player, but it wasn't like he was making 100 tackles a year, more like making 40, 50 a year. Uh, so he probably doesn't project as a starter at Ole Miss, or if he does, not not a strong one. Um, and besides that, we don't we don't know of anybody that they're pursuing or trying to get on campus. Uh, there, there is recently entered the portal, uh, Demario Tolan, Talon, I don't know, uh, from, from LSU promising freshman. Um, and you know, I think he was kind of overshadowed by Harold Perkins. Um, I don't know exactly yeah. in the portal, but so yeah. Brian Kelly, uh, said about Demario Tolan that, um, like in November or I guess uh, early December when uh, in a press conference, they were, they were talking about like next year's defense or something. And he said that he expected DeMario Tolan and Harold Perkins to be like a one, two combo at, at linebacker. Uh, and then Tolan gets in the, the portal. So I don't know, get him. <laughs> like I, I would love for there to be, linebackers in the portal right now who are super proven and awesome, uh, but there just aren't. And, you know, Ole Miss has some significant need at that position. So take some players. Yeah. Like you really have to find someone to do what Troy Brown did this year. And like, I think Troy Brown was a good, not great player, but like without him, how much worse is the Ole Miss defense? Like, a lot. oh, he was essential. He was essential to the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like, I don't think he's going to get drafted. I don't know. Uh, right. I don't think he has a chance to get drafted. And you know, yeah. if Ole Miss doesn't bring in another transfer linebacker, then what they're saying is the success of our defense is dependent on Sunter and Perkins immediately starting. Yeah, and even if he does immediately start who starts alongside him, that's, that's been consistent and productive. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's tough, tough scene at, at linebacker. Uh, it would all. be cool if it would be cool if Kari Coleman could get back to the, uh, Troy style, Kari Coleman, that gets five tackles for loss in a game. Um, but you know, that didn't happen at all the rest of the year. So, I mean, I think he had another few tackles for loss, but I'm saying like, he was not this dominant force that he appeared to be at that in that game. Yeah, yeah. Really don't know if injury hampered him at all or right. if it was just all competition, the level of competition caught up with him. But, man, yeah, we thought he was going to be a superstar for a couple of weeks, and then he was not. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, secondary, 
I think Ole Miss is probably done at corner uh, with the addition of John Saunders. Uh, John Saunders, I guess we haven't really talked about him. Uh, he is a transfer from Miami, Arkansas State. Ohio. Oh, Miami of Ohio, that's right. Uh, and, you know, is a proven player who uh, was was successful there. So that's great. Uh, you know, having him is is probably, in my opinion, all that they need, especially with Kendrick Breedlove uh, announcing he's, he pulled the same out of the portal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love the pickup of Sam Saunders. Um, I think he, I mean, if Davison Igbenosan has another year where he kind of struggles at times, Saunders could start and be good. Um, I mean, I, th- I think he does a lot of the same things for you that Miles Battle does. He's in that like kind of 6'3", 6'4", range, super tall for a cornerback. Um, and his highlight tape really pops. He's good. Um, and so I think that's that's a good get. And he also just like quickly shut down his recruitment and committed to Ole Miss, which, you know, we always give a tip of the cap to guys who do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so Ole Miss has a, a safety, Jalen Catalan, uh, coming in to visit this this weekend. Uh, he was a transfer from Arkansas. We may have talked about him on the podcast. I don't think so. I don't think his, so either. His, so his freshman year, he was lights out for them. I think he had like 90 tackles. I don't have his, his profile pulled up, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. He did. I love um, that. He, he was a freshman All-American uh, and, you know, figured to be this mainstay permanently at Arkansas. Um, but in the two years since then, he has had season-ending shoulder injuries in both years um, early in the season. And so has not been able to be that player that he was expected to be. Uh, shoulder injuries typically are not hard to return from in terms of, like, uh, making him a worse player next year or something, but I don't know, like two years in a row, you never know. It could be like a catastrophic type of injury that, you know, he doesn't overcome, but it's not a knee or something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely some durability concerns, but the upside you get with him is incredible. He was, he was preseason, a second team all American pick by the AP. Um, and, and yeah, has, has played phenomenally, uh, at, at times and gives you a chance to upgrade a safety position. You know, I, I, I can't, I'm not sure whether he plays free safety or something else. He's a little bit shorter, so maybe not, maybe plays further down in the box, but I mean, or what does that even look like in our, in our defense, you know, like, yeah, yeah. uh, but no, in yeah, in 2020, which is remember only 10 games because the COVID shortened year, uh, and uh, Arkansas did not make a bowl. Uh, he had 99 tackles, three picks, two forced fumbles, uh, and a fumble recovery. So, yeah, incredible year. Yeah, I mean, he had 16 tackles against LSU. Like, I recognize that tackles are a weird stat for the secondary, especially for like a secondary on a team that went three and seven. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Like Ole Miss needs people who can tackle in space, and he did it. So, again, let's get him. Uh, but again, like, 
we know that Ole Miss needs safety help. Um, you know, we graduate a lot of safeties. We have some, you know, good players returning there too, but this defense relies on so many of them that I sure hope Jalen Catalan comes because past him, like I don't have another name. Yeah. I, I feel like again, it's, he's been in the portal for a little while. He doesn't appear to have been actively taking other visits. He's visiting Ole Miss this weekend, pretty late in the game. You got to like your chances, right? I mean, if you're Ole Miss, I don't know. I, I feel like Ole Miss is the only team that he's really been linked to. Um, and also, there's there's a connection. I know he doesn't play cornerback, but Ole Miss cornerbacks coach Sam Carter came to Ole Miss from Arkansas and would have overlapped some with Jalen Catalan. Um, so maybe there's something there. I I think you got to feel decent about about landing him if you're Ole Miss and and yeah that's good I mean they have three safeties returning with a lot of starting experience which is very good uh, and then one in Trey Washington who got a ton of rotational experience but beyond that they don't have like anybody who's seen the field really um, yeah Deshaun Jerkins who transferred in from Vanderbilt. Uh, could have started this year, but decided to go ahead and hop in the portal anyway for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't imagine why. Um, he played a good bit this year. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I think we've sort of been clear about positions by position. Um, our, our last topic. Um, so Ole Miss has six commitments from the transfer portal, including a kickoff specialist. Ole Miss took, uh, I believe, 16 transfer portal players last year. Uh, when when Lane Kiffin signed a smaller high school recruiting class, he said in the press conference, like, judging things right now, judging this class right now is, you know, not the way to go. I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said. But um, do we think, like, is Lane, is Lane Kiffin doing okay? <laughs> and I don't mean, like, okay as a person. Uh, is he doing okay in the roster building off season? Um, so far, no. Um, the only the only situation in which he's really doing okay is if he lands several guys on the defensive side of the ball that we aren't aware that he's currently recruiting, that haven't visited, that haven't you know interacted with Ole Miss on Twitter or whatever, however you judge kids' interests these days. If he lands almost everybody that's a, a known target in the portal right now, it's still not a great portal class because it doesn't address the need for impact players at linebacker or pass rusher. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Like, so. Yeah. I think, I mean, to me, obviously things look a lot better than they did on early signing day because those two receivers are huge and have committed since then. Um, totally. It looks like there are some potential options for quarterback, backup quarterbacks, and that's cool. Um, I think that if he just signs, uh, 
you know, a mixture of the players that we know about, uh, including including Jalen Catalan, and is able to sign one great linebacker or edge prospect, uh, regardless of whether that person is in the portal now or whatever. If that is the overall takeaway from from the portal, then he's done he's done well. I mean, obviously, like I would love to sign every great player, but um, if he's able to acquire one player on defense that we just go like, this dude is a wrecking ball and you know makes a huge difference, then that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that you can call it a success at that point. It's just like, it's a very, I don't know. I, I don't want to just assume that player is going to materialize out of thin air. Right, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're on the same page in terms of what, what Kiffin needs to do. Um, and he probably needs to tweak his staff a little bit uh, because there's been kind of sitting tight on that while other <laughs> teams make moves. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we will, you know, be back at it again soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining everybody.